your Locked On Hurricanes, your daily podcast on the Carolina Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for making Locked On Hurricanes your first listen on this Tuesday morning. And in today's episode, we'll be recapping the game against the Columbus Blue Jackets from New Year's Eve, as well as diving into the roster moves that the Carolina Hurricanes have made over the past couple days. So getting into the recap of the game, this was... A very exciting and emotional roller coaster of a game. I think we all can agree on that because this is a game where the Carolina Hurricanes, obviously, final score seven to four, they won. Awesome, fantastic. But this was not a perfect game, as we all know here, because this was a game where the Hurricanes, midway through the second period, they were down. Four nothing at the end of the first, they were down three nothing. So this game was initially giving me flashbacks to that game early on in the season against the Florida Panthers, where the Hurricanes had their undefeated streak snapped. This was giving me flashbacks to that because the Hurricanes they looked—I mean, whatever word you want to use for it—tired hung over from New Year's Eve, New Year's uh, caught off guard. I mean, there's so many terms you could use here to describe just kind of how the team looked. They did not look like the Carolina Hurricanes. I'm like, oh, man, this is not a good way to start out the new year. Um, And, and you watch that, and you just kind of wonder what was going on there. I think... They, I think Columbus really caught them off guard, I, I think. And I think Columbus had their game plan of this is something that I've said in the past that teams need to do to try to get a lay up on the Hurricanes. And that's really come out hot and really try to catch the team off guard and they absolutely did you you look at that game against Montreal and they tried but and they did to an extent but you know the Hurricanes goaltending was able to stand tall and kind of hold Montreal back but here in this game they they were not able to at all and I am I wonder what was said in the in the locker room, especially after that first period. Because that first period, that was ugly, for sure. I mean, you can look at the second period, and it wasn't great either. But, you know, the they at least had some positive, you know, heading into the third of the comeback had started. You had Stephen Lawrence and Brady Shea getting the team on the board. And so and they had something they had some momentum going that they could build off of. But I, I just kinda wonder what was said there and how how can we how can we prevent 
something like that from happening. As I said, when that Florida game happened, duds are going to happen over the course of the season. It's it's 82 games. Like that, bad games are going to happen. The Hurricanes, they've had them plenty this season already as well. We've talked about them plenty on this show. So I, I think that the Hurricanes, they, they need to realize, and I think they do, that teams are going to, ha- against them, they're going to come out with a, with a bit extra gusto and, and fire than they may have in the past because the Hurricanes, they're not that middle-of-the-road, bottom-feeding team anymore. They're a top team in the NHL, and especially a, a team like Columbus, they're looking to make a statement, and, and they know that, all right, we're going to have to just as soon as that opening puck drops, just get out there and get after it. And I think the Hurricanes, they, I think they realize that that's going to be a lot of teams' game plans against them is getting just as soon as that first puck drops, just going 100 miles an hour. Because it seems like whenever teams do get the better of the Hurricanes, that tends to usually be how they're able to get the better of them. And they just come out 100 miles an hour early on in periods. And that's how they do it. And I think this was kind of the game where I was a little worried about Auntie Ranta. Uh, Again, yes, bad games are going to happen. I mean, you look at that game against Florida. Happened to Freddie there. and But it just felt like... In over that course of the first period, he could just never get his his bearings and, and you know get his feet under him. And given that's definitely on the team out in front of him as well, because they weren't shutting anything down. Columbus, they they scored three goals in one period. I mean, you know, come on, you know. So the team wasn't helping him in that regard. But you know, I just see that and just like, okay, yeah, you know, we gotta we gotta help our goalies out. And again, I know stuff like that's gonna happen, but then of course, you know, we had uh, really not surprised in the slightest that Freddie Anderson ended up coming in in the second period to relieve Auntie Ranta. Really not surprised there. I think that was definitely the right call for sure. And you know, you look at the second period onward, yes, Columbus, they were able to get that fourth goal, of course. And, and then shortly after, the comeback started for the Hurricanes. And we're going to talk about that comeback right after this quick break. It's a new year, and with a new year comes New Year's resolution. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and frankly, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easy to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good. You'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a bunch of chemicals. You're going to want to eat healthy, but sometimes it gets really, really boring, and by like week three, you're like, is 
it's just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Where's the good snacks? And boy, Built Bar is covered in 100% chocolate. And most Built Bars contain only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has like around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And so right now, you can go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKS15 and get 15% off your order when you use code LOCKS15 for 15% off at Built.com. Enjoy the new year, folks. And enjoy it with Built Bar. Now, the comeback was something to behold for sure. And this is something that started towards the end of the second period, or not really end of it about midway through and that's when Stephen Lawrence ended up getting his fourth of the season shortly after uh, Columbus ended up scoring their fourth goal less than a minute later actually and I think that was definitely something big for the Hurricanes of just being able to get something on the board you got to start somewhere Someone has to score that first goal, no matter when it is. And I think, with, and then of course, Brady Shea ended up scoring a, a little bit later to make it 4-2. to two. And I think you know, this is where the Hurricanes really started to get some momentum going in their favor. I think Columbus, really up until... Really, up until about you know their their fourth goal, you know they really just controlled the game and they made the Hurricanes do what they wanted them to do, and I think you know here is where you know the Hurricanes were able to finally get something going in their favor, and that was something that they were able to build off of heading into you know. Heading into the uh, heading into the intermission there, because it felt like you know throughout you know the first period and the second period about till about midway through, Columbus you know while you know the Hurricanes were really really out shooting them, you know, first period the Hurricanes eight had eighteen Columbus had nine second period the Hurricanes had fifteen the Blue Jackets had seven. It just felt like the Hurricanes were almost trying to force their shots on goal. And whereas Columbus, they were really choosing them very, very well. And while, of course, you know, when you finish the game with, you know, 49 total shots, yeah, you're bound to have some goals in there of course but you know you I think Columbus they were a lot better with their shot selection through that first period and a half and I think that that was something that really helped them and then you you look at then the third period that's when the floodgates absolutely just opened up for the Hurricanes this is where you know they were able to finally just get something going and they really they took that momentum that they had at the end of the second period and just 
put their foot to the floor and didn't take their foot off the gas because then you had Brady Shea end up getting his second of the game to make it four to three at six fifty three in the third, and then Nino ended up tying it up at ten thirty four, and then of course Ethan Bear ended up giving us the lead just a few seconds after Nino's goal. And then Stephen Lawrence got his second, and then Svetch ended up having an empty net to put us up seven to four. And so we we look at that, and I, I just I think just how far this team has come, not only from the beginning of the season, but just as a whole, because I feel like you know in, in years past they would see oh we're down four nothing can't come back from that they may try and they may get you know you know those first two goals but you know outside of that they're they're not gonna score seven unanswered and I think that's a testament to the coaching on on this team and how Bryn Moore and Gleason were able to motivate this team and the team as as a whole as well they're they're more experienced and I guess battle hardened, I guess you would say. And they're like, okay, you know, we got a little something going at the end of the second. Let's build off that. We really feel like, all right, we we may be able to do something. It may, it may be tight, but, you know, we can do something. Obviously, it wasn't tight in the in the slightest. But I think that you, you see that, and it definitely makes you – feel good you know heading into the next game and heading into the rest of the season because you're like okay you know we can we can make a comeback like that we can be down for nothing and come back from it and win convincingly not on like a last second shot buzzer beater type thing no no we we won seven to four uh so i i think that make definitely makes you feel good like all right this team can they can make that comeback they're, they're they've been around and our core, you know, they have you know some experience under their belt, and they're like, yeah, we can do it, and, and that definitely feels good. I think now the next step is, you know, you you look at that game against Florida earlier in the season, and just how good that team is. Let's see us obviously not a four nothing comeback, but let's see us rally to to beat a team like that. And, you know, because we are a team like that and teams have come back to make it close on us. Let's see us do it to someone else uh, of a really high caliber. Let's see. Let's see it happen there. And then, you know, essentially kind of looking ahead to the run at the playoffs. Where, you know, in, in years past, you know, it just feels like early exits, exits and, and then. You, you look at the Boston series in the bubble, and Hurricanes were just kind of shut down. You look at the series last season against Tampa, just shut down. And you look at that stuff, and you really want this team to take the experiences like this and then apply them to stuff like that in the playoffs. You're just like, okay, we have, we can make comebacks like this, Let's see us do it when it really, really counts. Obviously, it counts now. Of course, every game counts. and But, you know, let's see it in the playoffs. Let's see us bring this kind of fire 
and this kind of motivation to the playoffs. Let's see that. And I, I think I think we will. I think this team is sick of losing in like the second round and they're ready to get back to the conference final. They're ready to get to the Stanley Cup and they're ready to win the Stanley Cup. And and I think this team is just showing something else. Just that intangible thing that you're like, this team's gonna be dangerous. Steven Stamko said in an interview with Trip Tracy that this team reminds him a lot of Tampa before they got it over the hump. So I think this team is, is something special, and this game right here, it shows it. They can be down 4 nothing, come back, win very, very convincingly. And, and I do think one big thing that they did right, which I haven't even talked about yet, is the third period. They just shut Columbus down completely. Completely. Columbus had two shots on goal in the third period. Two. The Hurricanes had 16. I think their defense was just absolutely suffocating. And obviously not just the defensemen. You know, the forwards, you know, out there playing defense as well. They're just suffocating Columbus. And that that right there is definitely something we're going to need in the playoffs. Just defense to just suffocate the crap out of the opponents. Just not let them get anything off. But, you know, we, we look at this game. This game's in the past now. Now we're looking ahead to the next game, which... Yesterday would have been against Toronto, but that one's been postponed. So now we're looking to on Friday against Calgary. But you know, the team is going to obviously, you know, for the most part, be looking like normal. But what's the deal with our taxi squad? We'll be talking about that right after this quick break. So over the past couple days, it, the Hurricanes put out announcements that they have reassigned Alex Lyon, Stefan Nosen, and Jalen Chatfield all back to the Chicago Wolves. And I really am trying to figure out why. Because I get, you know, okay, your normal guys are fine now. And pretty much everyone other than Martinuk is back from COVID protocol now. Okay. So, but we still have those taxi squads, and now you have, like, no one on yours in the event of someone get gets COVID again, and you, you need someone to be able to step in real quick and replace them, and now you have all the guys you had there, you sent them back? I, I get maybe, okay, you're wanting them to be getting reps in, in Chicago and that's really the the only reason I can think of as to why they're they're sending these guys back and that's simply so these guys are playing and they're not just sitting in the press box or whatever I I think that's why but it's still just like oh okay I still feel you need to have if you're sending those guys back, you, you should have called a couple other guys up to the taxi squad. So, like I said, in the event that someone tests positive, boom, you can plug them right in. They're already here. They're already on the taxi squad. You're good to go. So, I I, I personally, like, 
looking at it like that, you know, I get you, okay, you want these guys to play, but I, I just feel like they should have made, they should have brought some guys onto the taxi squad if they're sending those guys back to, to, to get some reps. And that just is one of those things. I'm just like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll trust, you know, the guys in the, in the office. They're the ones that, you know, get paid to do this stuff. They know a heck of a lot more than me or you or us combined when it comes to stuff like this. So, you know, it still is a little head scratching as to why they're sending all of those guys back. Chatfield's really the only one I could maybe understand. He was obviously on injured reserved here, and maybe, maybe he is good to go now. Uh, I hadn't heard any updates uh, as as far as his uh, lower body injury that he had. So maybe he is good to go and he'll be playing down there, or maybe yeah, they're sending him down there so he's not taking up a spot on the Hurricanes IR or something like that. I, I'm not really sure there, but he's the only one I can maybe understand. Lion, uh, I guess now with Freddie being back, they're like, okay, you know, we're we're fine. You know, you can you can go on back, and then knows him. Uh, he's the one like. I, I I don't really know <laughs> him. I'm not sure. Like, okay, you. It feels like you should maybe keep a, a forward or two on the taxi squad, and same with again a defenseman or two there, in the event that something were to happen and someone were to test positive. Again, okay, you send Nosen back, call up Drury. You send Chatfield back, call up Le- or, or something like that. Just so you have, maybe not have like a full taxi squad or anything like that. But again, just have some people there. But as of recording this morning, there haven't been any updates as far as call-ups to the taxi squad. But honestly, between now and Friday when we play Calgary, I I do feel like we are going to see some moves come when it comes to the the taxi squad i feel like they're going to realize exactly this like okay maybe we maybe we should have a guy or two here and and they're essentially just trying to figure out all right who who do we call who's coming to raleigh i feel like maybe that's the thing because all right we have an extended time between games right now and that's just something that they're not seeing as something they needed to do right away. Personally, I probably would have, I may have done that already. Or I'm not, I don't know what Chicago's schedule is off the top of my head. Maybe they're letting, you know, those guys that say Drury or Lejoie or, or whoever, they're, they're letting those guys play a, as much as possible there in Chicago before they call them down to Raleigh to the taxi squad so you know they are they're being able to get as much playing time in as possible before you know they end up having to inevitably sit for a few days I think that that could make some sense there and I think maybe that's what they're doing but honestly we're I'm not 
in those offices at PNC Arena. You're not in those offices at PNC Arena. The only people that know are the people up there in those offices. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens there with guys being called to the taxi squad. Hopefully we won't need to call any guys from the taxi squad onto the active roster. Hopefully everyone's able to stay healthy from here on out. But that's just something we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, we will talk about that here on Locked on Hurricanes. And make sure you are following Locked on Hurricanes on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Hurricanes. Myself on Twitter at Jared Ellis underscore 96. And make sure you rate the show five stars on whatever platform you are listening to the show on. And now that you have made Locked on Hurricanes your first listen of the day, go make Locked on Bets your second listen. It's your daily one-stop shop for all of your sports gambling needs, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling, available on whatever platform you are listening to this show on. And in the next episode, we will be looking at New Year's resolutions for the Carolina Hurricanes.